Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slime Fire Radio, episode 348 for April 2nd, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I'm Adrian Show. to get again. <laughs> I am Random Dave. <laughs> Randomly coming in. <laughs> we still have to sing that, by the way. I want one, one, one night after we do the show, we're going to actually sing that whole thing. You we're going to record it? We'll sing it. Yeah, we'll record it. All right. I think that we should do that. I think it needs to happen we'll have to when synchronize I have it in with, with the song. Have the song yeah. in the background. Back totally. us up. Yeah. 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 All right. Neat. We know a guy. Maybe we can get the straight up instrumental version. Wow. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome mm-hmm. if we, yeah. we can reach out to him. Do we still <clears> have <throat> payroll at least? Oh, we don't payroll at least for it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Couldn't afford <laughs> it. We do. We, we pay a certain percentage of uh, what everyone else gets paid here. Mm. That's nothing. Yes, you divide by is. zero. That's nothing. Yeah. Can't do that. So it's what we can afford. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Why don't we do what we did in Guns? on Patreon. But It'll be a Patreon, so we can afford to have a new song. <laughs> no, I like our song. It's awesome. I like it too, but we need to commission it. Anyway, hey, go right. ahead. Sorry. Okay. So what we did in Guns This Week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. It's Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now, what they have in stock is the Remington Law Enforcement Double um, Double Ought Book Shot. So I uh, so right now, Remington Law Enforcement TAC-8 uh, Double is it double aught buck? Is that it? How you say it? Buckshot? Yes. Yeah, okay. it, uh, ammo is designed with uh, the police departments in mind. Uh, so its performance is uh, featured basically as ideal conditions with shotguns for the police. So it means like never being cleaned, being, you know, just thrown in the squad car. No, they don't really throw it into the squad car. They put it there gently, but it is getting used. They lock it up on some weird lockup thing that you could probably pick with like a bobby pin. Um, nah, yeah, I don't know if they really do lock it up because when they when they need to access it really quickly, they need to be able to get it off there really quickly. I've so. seen CSI episodes. They lock it up and then nobody can get it out of the car when they need it. Okay, this is on CSI. Yeah, so that's totally true, right? No, 100%. All their computer stuff is realistic, too. I don't scream at my TV at all when it comes on. All right, the load is tailored for basically defense uh, use for shotguns. So in your home, if you're going to be using it, it's tailored for defense. Um, The Remington TAC-8 buckshot is available in standard or magnum, yay, loads, and provides reliability, consistency, and stopping power you need when a shotgun comes out. Yeah, maybe. So Remington Law Enforcement TAC-8 is, so it comes packaged in two types. It comes packaged in boxes of five rounds or in cases of 250 the five round is nine dollars and so you get five basically shots or you can actually pay 399 dollars for a case of 250 so that's what's on sale right now at the calgary shooting center are you guys gonna buy any of this well i shouldn't ask you that that's kind of like I highly recommend that all of our (laughs) listeners go and buy five cases immediately 
as for myself, every time I see double odd buckshot, I say, why am I not firing a slug? <laughs> so, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really like subscribe to the whole like over penetration thing. So AR-15s all the way for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly pistols for that, nothing, yeah. shotguns for nothing, AR-15s for everything. But no, you know what? Just to go, that means people are going to pay attention, right? Yeah, the break slugs. Double, <laughs> double, double tap slugs. raises someone's attention too. <laughs> yeah, and the other question I always have with the rack of the shotgun is, um, if you're confronting somebody in your house. It's already locked and loaded. Safety's on, figures on the trigger. I'm not racking it. Yeah. They hear the rack. They didn't hear that first shot. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we talk about what we did in guns this week? Because I know that we have a whole bunch. Adriel, why don't we start with you? Oh, uh, I, I did something in guns. Yeah. I what did something did you? in guns today. I, uh, I bought some AR 10 mags from Denis because Sweet. he had the 1010s and uh, wanted some of those. I also want some of the 510s for hunting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now I got some 1010s on the way. So how many? Yes. Uh, few, uh, four. Four? Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. I don't need more. It, like, that's enough. Uh, that's enough to where I can uh, shoot a three-gun match with it if I wanted to. That's true. I probably don't because I don't want to be done, like flinging six five Creedmoor brass all over the place. I'd rather just use it's my. It's a little expensive, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather just use my M1 Garand and just use three hundred eight and crank that uh, away. But uh, I could if I wanted to now. Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. Anything else you did in guns? It's been a week. It's been a week, but like I've been doing shows all week, every night. Yeah, every night. Uh, there was a, there was one night where we didn't do a slam fire and I did a Canada guns talk show one. Uh, and then other than that, like every weeknight this week and on Saturday, busy nothing leaders. on Sunday, nothing on Sunday, mm-hmm. but, well, uh, yeah. Sunday was our day of rest. Sunday was our day of rest. <laughs> Podcast yeah. rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move on to Dave then. Dave, what did you do? I have been hiding in my basement for the last two weeks, wrapped in tinfoil on ammo belts, so y'all can just picture that. Stay awake. Uh, I uh, dropped my ACH onto my VIC-20, my Commodore VIC-20, so if if you've ever got a big old heavy tactical helmet, I don't recommend sitting it anywhere where it can possibly fall on things because it broke my VIC-20. I know. It it crushed it. Yeah, makes me sad. Uh, What else did I do? I bought a, well, I haven't been on in a month. I Mm -hmm. allegedly bought the world's ugliest Tavor. It's hideous, and I love it. Why is it ugly? Oh, oh, God, it's, well, Tavors are ugly anyway. Mm -hmm. They're just horrible, horrible guns. Um, What makes this one the ugliest of all? This one has had a snakeskin paint job done to it. Okay. Yeah, that'll work. So, Beautiful. Yeah, Luxurious. Cam- yeah. Camouflage snakeskin. So it's black and assorted shades of green and brown. And it is just so hideous. You can't even look at it. I just love it. I can't wait to take it out. Uh, what else did I do? Oh, I was at the Ontario Rifle Association AGM about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And we had a much... 
I was there in person. Yeah, okay. we had a. This was before all the lockdown stuff, um, but we had a much lower turnout than usual. So I had set up a Microsoft Teams meeting, hmm. impromptu. Hold all my gear, hold some gear down there, a camera, and uh, the microphone that Adriel sent me. So thank you, Adriel. That worked out very well. Awesome. And uh, we used it for the AGM, and we had thirty people in attendance. About twenty people joined in via the interwebs. So that was awesome. That's we awesome. recorded it, so we can post that up later as well. We've never done that before. It uh, a few little glitches, but it worked out well. Uh, and I got an email today that the uh, Dominion of Canada Rifle Association held their AGM recently, and they did it completely by teleconference, nothing in person. And apparently it worked out uh, quite well, according to the email. So that's pretty cool. People adapting to our our rather annoying and restrictive circumstances, but it's uh, that's pretty cool. I think we'll see a lot more of that stuff going forward so you can actually uh, not sit in boring meetings. You can uh, join in and then, you know, uh, read or something while the meeting's going on and just zone in for the bits that interest you. Interest you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way where we're going to be going. Uh, any of the AGMs or any things that are, anything that's coming up, especially over the next little next probably two months we're probably just going to do everything by teleconferencing i think yeah i think it, it makes a lot of sense too i mean like when i go down to an ora agm mm-hmm. and i'm driving two hours each way to get to the agm and then i'm there for eight hours and then i'm driving home two hours right it's annoying and it takes a lot of time and it's nice to see everybody but maybe i don't feel like doing that every year or we have yep. some people who come from four or five hours away yeah like that's that's insane and you can tune in and not wear any pants. And there is that, of course. <laughs> uh, what else did I do? I finally sort of got all the bits to finish my AR-15 upper. So oh, I just you? need to, yeah, so I've got my... What uh, are you waiting for? Um, some bits from Trevor, which Trevor, I didn't say get them to me right away. I said whenever. So he got them to me whenever. So that took a while. And I had a few little screws and stuff that I had to go pick up. So I've got it almost put together. I'm having a hell of a time getting the barrel nut on, but I have to actually get a vice for my upper and then uh, do it. Adriel's advice of just standing on it and twisting the, uh, twisting the muzzle device on that's uh, not going to work. Got a wrench? So. You could do the um, no uh, C clamp with two two by fours with a hole drilled in it. Have you tried that? No. So um, you drill it. You take two two by fours. You screw them together. Uh, you drill a hole in them that's just a little bit like smaller than the barrel. Then you take your screws out. Now you have two pieces of wood with a channel in in the middle of both of them. You clamp Smart. that onto your barrel, and then you either C clamp them or screw them together. And uh, that's now your barrel block. Now you C-clamp that to something or you put it in a vise if you've got a vise. And uh, you'll twist off your muzzle brake no problem. And the wood won't do any damage to your barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, that's smart. I'll try that. That's like a, a crappy DIY barrel block. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Bolivar has a uh, has an upper block, so I may just I'll use his. Or just go and yeah. see him because yeah. he's not that far away. That's yep. true. We can he can throw it at me down his laneway or something. <laughs> Probably look forward to that. Yep. And uh, that's what I did in guns. How about you, Kelly? All right. So what I did was uh, so Armory DC Gunsmith. Um, they shipped out the rifle that we had ordered for my nephew. Um, they shipped it out on the Friday, and it came in on Tuesday, my birthday. It was my birthday on Tuesday, so um, it came in on Tuesday. So what I did was I 
took it out to my brothers and I was able to drop off uh, the um, gun. So what was ordered was a Browning AB3 in chambered in 243. So, and Denis did a fantastic job with it, by the way, shipping it out and getting it there so quick. So we wanted to say thank you to him. So as I said, delivered the rifle to um, my nephew, my brother, my nephew, and then also was able to, my brother is fantastic. By the way, he's, he's watching, I think. Hey, Ed. So uh, my brother had this in his, I think he had it in his garage. But anyways, so for my birthday, he gave me the Mech Jr. And it, 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 was, it came in the box, never opened, and it basically still has all the grease and parts and everything's all still in bags. And I just took it out tonight to have a look at it so that I could show everybody on the show too. Um, but it that is... That was your ejection handle. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm going to actually, I'm going to get hit in the head with that. Um, but it is um, basically, right now it has a die for a 12 gauge, so I have to find a 28 gauge die for it. So, and then it's, you know, bada boom, bada bing, we can start reloading for the, the 28 gauge. And we talked a little bit about reloading on one of the mini podcasts we had um not last one, but the one before. So I'm going to start looking at um, getting some stuff for that as well. I was doing some research while Trevor was talking about reloading. So looking to see who had some stuff in stock. So I'm hope I have to get the die and I have to get all the components and then we can actually start reloading for that. I'm sure that, um, and I talked also to Kelly Kincaid as well, because we were talking about reloading together and just trying to get some some loads that'll work for both of us, because it is a little bit expensive for 28 gauge. We do know that. So, yeah, that is... Ever is screaming at his phone right now going, I told you don't so, why so. don't you listen? But as a, you know, what, I really like my new... Um, over under and it also as is you know emily's going to be talking about you have to have the right um you have to have a right shotgun and if it fits you that's one of the biggest biggest things so um and feeling comfortable about it and being able to hit stuff so if you're able to hit stuff you'll continue to do it so i told you guys that i bought the membership at the kingston trap and skeet club right so i I think so yeah, I nice. bought a membership, and so that what that means is I can go. Um, they are only open, so I know everything's close. I'll get to that, but they're only open on Wednesdays and Sundays. And to shoot, you actually have to actually buy a little card, and they stamp it every time you go because you're paying for basically the clays. Um, but I'm really excited about it. But right now we're closed. And um, I don't know how long that's going to be for. So, and since I just bought the membership, but anyways, long I've been getting emails almost every day from the secretary, and they're talking about you know, giving us some credit for it. I don't know. Anyway, so we'll figure that all out. But I'm really excited and hoping to actually get it to the club when it eventually opens, so we can we can try it. Maybe try out some of the loads we we're going to load too. So, anyways. That's it for me. Didn't do a lot because, well, I've been working a lot and, you know, socially it is isolated. Socially isolated. Okay. So, seriously, I was, I was, I was talking to Kelly and Kelly and I were going, well, you know what? Maybe we can socially distance, you know, go to her place. She has her own range and we can do, you know, um, basically just go and shoot but do like distancing so and i'm going you know what i haven't 
I've been staying in the house. I haven't been going and talking to anybody or seeing anybody because I didn't want to get anybody sick, especially my dad, my, my stepmom, whatever. I think it's a really bad idea. And she actually agreed with that too. So I was going to do that today, but I actually called her and I said, it's a bad idea. I don't mm-hmm. feel right about it. And then I went on a half marathon run. So that's what, that was my day today. So instead of shooting, I, I ran. So that's it. Cardio. Cardio is important. Yep. Getting ready for, you know, endurance. Zombie Doom. apocalypse. Yes, that Zombie, too. It's the only uh, real application for, for uh, cardio. Running is zombie, is zombie a cop. A pop. I can't even talk. I'm saying apocalypse. I can't remember which rule cardio was, but I'm pretty sure it was one. 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 Very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was rule one. Either that or like have cover when you go to the bathroom. That was important too. Yeah, that one is really important. Yeah. yeah. And then also have hand sanitizer. You know what is really good for cardio when you're fighting with somebody at, you know, Walmart over over like hand sanitizer. Because you need stamina. Right? Ah, yeah. yes. Good. I didn't know where you were going with that. Now I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need that. So, oh, and I did stand in line at Walmart. I had to. They're doing the whole, you know, distancing only letting 30 people into the store or whatever i went mm-hmm. to i i did actually stock up on things like you know i went and got some prescription stuff and i got some other stuff and this woman behind me was like coughing she was on the phone and she was coughing and then she was like right up in my neck standing behind me i was going to actually take her out because it was just like whoa lady it was that was my birthday i got sick on my birthday no i didn't i'm not sick all right, that's it. I'm done aware. I went to uh, Walmart for your birthday. This is the worst. Yeah, that, was a, that was a roller coaster there. Holy. <laughs> I went to Walmart for my birthday. Oh, I got out. Yay. Um, yeah. So, when we talk about upcoming events, there are none because everything is canceled. Stay home, play video yeah, games yeah. instead, is what Adriel says. Hey, Adriel. Well, I don't know who put that in there. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah. yeah. So, how's the play- video game? Go on. Have Let's you? Go. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Are you and Jeremy playing? Mm-hmm. Me and Jeremy. All my brothers are playing right now. We're all playing Escape from Tarkov. Had some like big Chad runs the other day. Took took a bunch of uh, equipment from some better players. See, you're doing shooting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. SKS, AK seventy fours, Mosins, Mosins. <laughs> no M fours. I'm not. No that's M4s. too rich for me. Way yeah. too rich. Yeah, I'm poor boy on that game. So, my R- my IRL Tarkov loadout is way better than my Tarkov loadout. One day we will all sit around and we'll be like, "Hey, do you remember when video games came with all the guns? You have to buy them afterwards." <laughs> yeah, I have Sorry, a question Kelly's about. Uh, you were talking to me last week about at this point maybe you would be ready to just go out and go and shoot something. Mm-hmm. Are you at that point right now? Uh, I've been thinking about it for either this weekend or next. I'm I'm gonna go into the bush. I don't know yeah. if it's. Oh wait wait wait! I I have a way easy way of determining if I'm gonna do it this weekend or not. What's the weather like? Because it's cold. <laughs> it's supposed to be like five. That's what. That's... Saturday uh, minus Alberta. seven. What? Sunday minus five. It's probably gonna be like minus yeah minus twelve overnight. So which is doable. Yeah, but I I'll push it off one more week. One more week, yeah. Because yeah, well, last time I looked was about a week ago, and it was supposed to be like five. 
that'll give me enough time to get the mags. And True. Cabela's is doing pickup on ammo. So I might go, I might get some 6.5 Creedmoor from them so I can shoot more. Next Thursday, it's supposed to be four degrees. That's the highest you got. That's it. But I got to like, I got to drive like two hours to get anywhere cool because all my oh. ranges are closed. So everything is closed. Yeah. I don't know. The if, bush is not closed. The bush is open. This is yeah. free. Crown land. That's where you have to go. I'm going I'm to find some land where I can shoot. And I'm going to go now that I have my Tabor and I'm going to phone the CFO and see if I can get an ATT to take my AR-15 out to crown land because we know the rule is bullshit and they know it's bullshit. You're going to call the CFO? Do you think they're going to answer? Well, if I don't, I'll email them. But I'm just going to request that I would like to take my AR-15 out. I'm doing the responsible thing. So I would like an ATT to the following address, which is Crown Land. Okay, thanks. Bye. Say it's it's for this afternoon. Uh, I ho- hopefully you get it to me by the time I'm out there. <laughs> yeah, if not, you know, just I got my phone with me, so I'll get it when it com- when it comes. Here's the address. Meet you there. Yeah. Meet you the there. cops probably aren't going to come arrest me, or would they? I don't know. Maybe I not. I don't know. I Maybe don't know. Trick them. Don't, <laughs> don't even bring your AR. Just bring your just bring your other stuff. Just sit there in the car and wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Brought my paintball gun. Are you guys crazy? Ooh, there you go. <laughs> I did get an email today from my local club saying that they're going to be closed until the end of April into May at least. Yeah. So that's that's the reality right now. And right now Ontario is saying anything over five and you're going against, you know. Yeah. Um, What's our state of emergency right now? Mid-April, right? Two more weeks. Yeah. I'm thinking that we're toast until at least June. End of June. So we're going to have to come up with what we did in guns. Like, I don't know. We're going to have to start doing virtual things. I don't know. People, what we did in pants. What we did doing in more pants. virtual things. Or not. More yeah. virtual calls. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we'll continue those mini episodes, by the way. If you have, um, if you have stuff you want us to talk about, like we're doing prepper stuff, but if you want to talk about it, Anything else? Just let us know. Mm-hmm. Send us an email. Right. Okay. Why don't we get into the news? Uh, there is none. And then new gun stuff. So why don't we actually do that? This is going to be a quick show besides our main topic, which was fantastic. By well, the way. I mean, when it comes to news and like new gun stuff, uh, yeah. new, like new gun stuff, it, it it's all sold out. <laughs> yeah. If it's not sold out, it's just getting more expensive. And, and realistically, like if you need to get some nine millimeter two, two, three, you can still find it. It's just a hundred dollars more expensive per thousand. Yeah than it was before. And if you can live with that, it's available. You can get it. Uh, Delask has some newly done up 1911s. Uh, they're they're 9mm stainless. They're very yeah. nice. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Uh, Canada Down Range Episode 3 is live on YouTube. They've been yes, releasing their episodes, which is <laughs> very nice since uh, everyone's stuck at home. So yep. you can watch it. Uh, if you watch YouTube on your phone, Make sure to check what resolution they set you to because by default, they're putting you to potato quality. So at least like bump it up to 720 if you're, if you're starting to watch right. a video and you're like, man, this looks like crap. Just check that setting. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, episode three, they're doing one episode a week right now. So they're going to do season one first, obviously. Then they'll set up season two, um, which is great. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Oh. I did order some um, stuff from Amanda Lynn Mayhew. I'll I'll talk about that next week when I get it in. All right. Sorry. Cool. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, some of the stuff I've mailed out is getting to people, so that's uh, that's neat to see as well. Uh, let's see. Oh, if you're in Edmonton, PND has their ammo listed online now. PND has like a bunch of weird ammo, uh, and and they're a little bit more expensive than your big box store, but they'll have it. So they have okay. like like real weird stuff, and they've got it all listed like, online define now. Weird. Uh, Give me an example. Okay, never mind. Do they have sorry, your six point five creep more that you're looking for? They have well, Cabela's has that That's too. Not weird. That's I know, just not weird. weird. Do they have my thirty eight Smith and Wesson or my four fifty five? Uh, they Webley? will. Yeah, hmm. they have that kind of. They have that kind of weird stuff all away somewhere. Anyways, they got it online, uh, which is nice because people they probably got tired of people calling them saying, "Hey, you got any more two two three? They're like, "Ah, let's let's add this thing to our website." Uh, and then the other thing I saw online was that HiCal will now fit AK mags and CZ uh, or VZ fifty eight grips. I can't remember which one. They'll fit those grips to your Type eighty one. So uh, there's a little bit of fitting involved, and some people aren't uh, aren't comfortable with uh, pulling out the Dremel on brand new equipment. Yeah, um, you are, but most people yeah, aren't. Yeah, send it to Adriel. Adriel will do it with the help center. <laughs> I won't do a good a job as they will because they probably have a jig set up for it, and they're probably just zip zip and away you go. Right, I think the fee right. is very nominal. Uh, yeah, so if you've got a Type eighty one and you're looking to customize it, HiCal has got your back. Right now. Is it who is it? International um ABI Barrels. They're they're doing a new website and they're selling some stuff on on sale right now too. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about them. Who's doing the type eighty ones um tactical imports? imports? Yeah. Right. So they just posted the last of they go they have their eighty ones in and that's it. No more. Yeah. Manufacturer's not gonna do any more. Nope. So go and buy them if you are interested. So, mm-hmm. anything else? That is it for new gun stuff. On tonight's show, we'd like to uh, welcome Emily Brown uh, to the show as the main topic. Now, Emily is going to be talking to us about skeet and trap, and she's also a friend of mine. Fantastic lady, by the way. So, Emily, why don't you Hello. give us a little bit? Hi, how are you tonight? Good. In the sun. There In I the am. Sun. There Not you go. <laughs> uh, so, Emily, why don't you give us a little bit of bio about yourself? What type of um, what? What's your profession and um, all those fantastic titles you have because you have so many of them. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Kelly. Um, my name's Emily Brown and um, I'm just about 60 years old. I'll be 60 at the end of the year. And I started trap shooting about, uh, well, when I was 12 years old. Currently, I work at Sheridan College. I'm a professor of mathematics in the business school which gives me two months off in the summer, which makes it perfect for um, a shooting sport. I can go all over to compete. Um, I started with trap shooting because uh, my parents were looking for kind of a retirement thing to do when my dad got out of the military. Mm -hmm. And uh, they answered a newspaper ad that said, looking for a groundskeeper for the Peel County Game and Fish Protective Association which was a cleverly disguised name for a three-discipline gun club. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, my dad didn't shoot, ex-military, wasn't interested in doing any shooting after that. And so, um, but there I was at the beginning of uh, grade eight moving to a gun club. Yeah, you lived on the property, right? I lived right on the property uh, in the little house and the driveway went around the house. And little, um, The little it, house with the clays come out of? or No, <laughs> yeah. Like a hobbit <laughs> under the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but so they noticed the club executive noticed that you know there wasn't much opportunity for someone to uh of my age to get a summer job or a part-time right. job and so they said why don't you run the office at the gun club in the you know when the club was open Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So that's why I'm really good at math because I was taking money and giving change and counting targets and paying out the trap help, you know, the kids who did the scoring and loading of yep. the house. And um, so, yeah, I became really good at math. So that's my lead in from how shooting can help you with your profession. That's how you became a professor for mathematics. It is. Yeah. And so that's I've awesome. been shooting on and off. Of course, you go through those periods where you may be having children and having a, a huge mortgage and you can't shoot as much as you want. And so, you know, there's a small hiatus in my life where I didn't shoot competitively, but definitely recreationally. And then, um, yeah, back at it full time uh, competitively and currently a Canadian title holder, a provincial title holder provincial tighter holder in the Atlantic provinces to boot because we traveled there Labor Day weekend. So yeah, this is something excellent. I love. So um, how long have you had those titles, by the way, Canadian champion, the uh, provincial champion? Uh, well, we compete for those titles every year. And so yeah. it's kind of a rolling thing. We have within trap shooting alone, we have three disciplines. We have a single target. Mm-hmm. We have a handicap target, which means you shoot from further back uh, okay. to challenge you like a golf handicap. And then we have double shooting where you have two targets come out at the same time. So depending on the year, you know, yes. you win one or the other of the titles. And um, so, yeah. Okay. So uh, you said that you started shooting at 12. How did you get started at 12? So I was living at the grounds and then uh, running the office and somebody said, hey, do you want to try it? And so um, I said, yeah, okay. And so after the club was officially, you know, closed or closing, um, there was a man, his name was J.D. Miller, and he was actually the deputy minister of highways for Ontario. He built the 401, good or bad. But uh, he was in his 70s and neither of his kids shot. And he was just so excited to be my mentor. And Mm. so he would take me out after uh, at the club and we'd shoot a few rounds. He'd give me some tips. And then he gave me this old gun with a poly choke on it that you'd sort of twist to change the choke of the barrel. And then um, I shot with that. And then he gave me his old Remington 1100 that already had 100,000 shells through it. Wow. So I still have it. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's worked in. And then uh, it's well well worked in. <laughs> really uh, easy moving parts. And you know, then, if you let uh, you give that to Adriel, he could get his Dremel tool in there and no, open, uh, open up that port that. and really make some improvements to it. <laughs> there is there is a shell latch that you can get for an eleven hundred that makes it fast to to load them in from the bottom. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it these days. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit challenging with doubles. I didn't shoot a lot of doubles when I was a teenager because. Um, you know, we didn't have the great lubricants back then that made the action move quickly and smoothly like the new silicon ones. Yep. So it, it always got stuck unless it was perfectly, you know, clean. And I remember the first time I was brave enough to take the whole thing apart uh, and clean every bit with the Varsol and soaking the trigger and everything. And then there I was, you know, I think I was probably 13 at that time. And I put the thing back together. There's a piece left. And I thought, Oops. oh, this can't be good. <laughs> So 
Um, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the exploding uh, diagrams about where all these pieces go. And so again, a little bit of math and a little bit of uh, ingenuity. And I took it all apart and thought, okay, well, this must go here and must go there. And if anyone's ever taken an 1100 completely apart, it's um, there's a zillion pieces. So it's a challenge. Okay. Adriel, have you ever done it? Yeah, I got a uh, video review on the 1100. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, well, of course you do. There's yeah. a couple parts in them, yeah. The, the piston and whatever. Yeah, they've got an O-ring on them that always seems to degrade and, yeah. and get torn up. So that's the... That's one of the things that needs to be real careful about it. But I literally uh, have a zipper in my wallet, and I carry an extra O-ring in it. And it, it, it looks a bit, <laughs> if someone didn't know what it was, it looks a it bit saucy. <laughs> Going to be a good day at the club. Yeah. <laughs> and what's interesting is uh, this man, J.D., Jack, um, he said to me in 1977, I guess, uh, I was going to Vancouver to shoot the Canadian Championships. And... Um, he said, if you go and beat this particular shooter who was always top of the game, he said, if you go and beat that shooter, I will be meeting you at the airport with a brand new 1100. And so I did. And so he did. Aww. And you can imagine, you know, the box of 1100, this big green box, it says Remington across it. And he walked into Toronto International Airport with it <laughs> with a beautiful poem written inside about Aww. the gift to me and uh well i still have it and the poem and it's uh, a very wow uh, a very yeah. wonderful memory for me so awesome glad that you still have it uh so uh there's a couple of actual affiliations you have you have uh, affiliations with a couple of um um well, with organizations, the organizations. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, which type, which organizations are you affiliated with, and how do you represent them? So, when I moved back from uh, Calgary back to Ontario, um, I just I noticed that communications were difficult. People weren't hearing about shoots happening and events going on. So, uh, I first started with uh, a Facebook page for the Ontario Provincial Trap Shooting Association, and then. After a year, I, I got on the board there. Um, so we make competitive trap shooting decisions for the province. So we represent the membership there. Okay. I'm also, I sit on the Ontario Council of Shooters. And that's the um, provincial sporting organization that liaises with our provincial ministry mm -hmm. for base funding and exceptional event funding. So if we want to hold a national or international event, we can apply to that ministry for uh, extra funding, extra support. So the Provincial Sporting Organization, the Ontario Council of Shooters, it represents six shooting disciplines. So trap shooting, skeet, Olympic trap, uh, handgun, rifle, and muzzle loading. So we uh, liaise as a group with the ministry and we're mandated to keep in that group. We can't uh, singularly discuss uh, things with the ministry. And other sports are the same, canoeing and taekwondo mm. and skating and so on. So that's that organization. Mm. I also represent as a, a delegate uh, to the Canadian Trap Shooting Association, which is essentially just uh, hosts the Canadian Championships. Uh, we don't do too much outside of that. But, um, you know, the, the Ontario Provincial Trap Shooting Championship just hosted its 100th provincial event last year. And the Canadian Trap Shooting Association has a long history as well of, of national events. So 
In fact, if anyone's familiar with Toronto, the Canadian Trap Shooting Championship was once held at Exhibition Park. Oh, really? The lake or in downtown Toronto. <laughs> so Really? That's yes. awesome. Yeah, so there's, you know, there's uh, names in the record book and newspaper clippings that I have. I'm sort of a, well, I'm not a closet historian. I'm an out there historian <laughs> of, of the shooting world. Um, I also uh, am a member of the uh, board of the Canadian University Shooting Federation. And right. to me, that was uh, a real honor to be invited on the board. I was helping them out for about a year as kind of, I call myself the den mother, where I'm just kind of there to put, you know, the uh, the people in touch with um, with shooters who are willing to help youth shooters. Right. Uh, I put people in touch with others around the country. Um, so what the Canadian University Shooting Federation is, is an organization that's supporting shooting clubs at post-secondary institutions, which you can imagine in today's uh, times yeah. uh, can be a challenge. And I have... Um, participated in a couple of appeal meetings at post-secondary institutions who have denied uh, shooting clubs on a variety of unsubstantiated and uneducated grounds, um, primarily yeah. Montreal, Toronto, some of the bigger cities that have uh, have other issues uh, with right. criminality, criminal use of firearms. So uh, we're up to 18 clubs in uh, post-secondary institutions. And we have sort of satellite shoots in the spring uh, and in the fall. Right. So it's good. Currently, spring's <laughs> shut down. I know that. Um, but we're it looking. At, but fall looks like it's going to be hopefully up and running. Mm -hmm. mm. And what's so important about getting university students involved, um, besides the obvious, it's like an awesome sport and an awesome thing to do is that, you know, they're our greatest in numbers, our greatest voting demographic. Yep. Uh, so we need to have them on board, whether they take up shooting as a sport now or later or never. Uh, we need them to have a really good experience at the range where they kind of go, yeah, these people are really nice. Look how welcoming they are. Look how safe they are. Um, they need to have that experience uh, in order to vote with, with the proper uh, education. Right. Also, you know, they may well be a population that has the greatest amount of disposable income that's uh, going to be uh, available to perhaps take up a sport, which sometimes isn't isn't the most economical to take up. And uh, right, yeah. And uh, it's something that you can do, you know, from a very young age to a very old age, and so it's something that they can come back to or participate a little bit or a lot, depending on what their time and money allows. We're also seeing that it's more, it's actually equal women versus um, men, not mm -hmm. versus, but uh, distribution between male and female. Yeah. We're seeing probably about half and half, so which is awesome. I think it's great. It's, uh, it's interesting. I have a colleague who is doing some uh, research, funded yeah. research um, at the University of Waterloo. And he, it's uh, phase one is completed now. Mm -hmm. And the research is around uh, resiliency, mental toughness, uh, the ability to get over a, a stressful situation or cope with a stressful in, uh, incident. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the types of skills that that type of attitude or ability would have, you know, that's what we want to put in young people, old people, right. 
everybody. We want them to be resilient. And man, this is a perfect example of a time when people who are resilient are really going to fare better. Right. And exactly. so the, the phase one of the research has been completed. Um, uh, student or people, students, they are mostly students from the university where the research is taking place. They had uh, five different metrics measured prior to a novice experience at the shooting range. Mm-hmm during their experience at the shooting range. So these are people who've never shot before. And then after, a week after, a week before, during, and a week after. And what was noted across these five metrics were that um, 68% of men and 79% of women, that's what made me think of it, uh, reported that they felt a greater sense of mental toughness and resiliency in coping with and being able to handle what they would consider a stressful uh, situation and that, you know, they could see themselves now applying those uh, skills to other situations. So the shooting sports offer that as well, right? Yeah. And yeah, a lot of it is empowerment when you're talking about 79% women are saying now that they feel better about it. Okay. So, and final thing, one of the probably biggest accolades that you have is that you're one of our cutting girls. <laughs> I'm July. You're July. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> That's how I know you. You're fantastic. It's like, Thank you. Oh, oh my God. When I was invited, I thought, oh, great. They're going to make me December, which is my birthday month. And I'm going to be in a park. <laughs> so no can see me. And that is the furthest from the truth. If you've looked at July. Yeah. Yeah, and you were a trooper too because you were um, wet and cold. And I'm just going to let people go from <laughs> Take there. Take that for what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> though everybody's going, she's sixty. Oh my god. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, um, but no, that's how I actually know you too. So it is. And, um, yeah. The reason that I actually had you on is because um, I'm actually getting into um, mm. skeet and trap. So I'm super excited about it. I've now bought my membership at uh, my local club. The other thing that I've done as well is I've bought a new gun, a new Ooh. rifle. Yeah. And a totally a, um, a, um, a new shotgun. New shotgun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over under. And Oh, uh, 28 gauge so and then I'm also going to be taking up reloading as well because 28 gauge is a little expensive so I'm going to be doing that with uh, Kelly as well because she also shoots uh, 28 gauge too Perfect. so but I wanted to get you on and um, so that we can discuss trap specifically but also skeet and sporting clays um, I, do, I know that you actually shoot trap, trap specifically and sporting clays. Yeah. And sporting clays. Um, but can you tell us what the difference is between all of them? Yeah. So when you tell people that you're a trap shooter, they say, oh, is that like skeet shooting? <laughs> and uh, there's always like a little napkin around and I draw a little <laughs> diagram and say no. Um, so trap shooting is where you have one mechanical house and the targets go away from you. And you have five stations that you shoot at. So the targets are away within a particular angle and within a, a certain height. It has to be a certain height. Of course, the wind impacts it, but that's when the okay. traps are set. Uh, you get one target at a time or two targets at a time for doubles. Okay. Use a 12-gauge shotgun. Less successful with a 20 and 28-gauge. So okay. a 12-gauge uh, a lot of people say, oh, you know, they're young or they're women, they should start with a 28 gauge. And really, that's not the truth. You should start with a 12 gauge that fits you. 
and has mm-hmm. some recoil resistance in the stock or a gas operated or something like a semi-auto. Right. And you're shooting but, fairly light loads too, right? They're not, they're not like yeah. a hunting load. It's true. Uh, we have a, of course, a, a target requi- target shell. So uh, right. you have to have a certain uh, powder load and, uh, and shot load. And there are very light loads now. I shoot a very light uh, seven eighth ounce powder for uh, the first shot of doubles because mm. you really need to keep the gun in for the second target. Right. So um, you know if you haven't quite recovered from the recoil of the first shell, you know you tend to not be lined up for the second. Second. Taking the second. Um, and skeet, of course, skeet has two houses: a high mm. house, meaning it's taller, and a low house. And uh, there are ten stations. And so uh, 10 stations around and then one in the middle where the targets go over your head. Right. And so at each station, you'd get a target from the high house, a target from the low, and then uh, a doubles. Um, In skeet, you tend to know where the targets are going to be. So you have your your, uh, hold point and you have your shooting point. Right. And so they're quite uh, consistent. Trap. Uh, the trap machine is on an oscillator, so you don't really know where the target's coming from. If it's going to be a right hand, a left hand, a, a straightaway, so it's a little bit, it's quite a bit different as far as the two um, disciplines. Okay. Um, go ahead. One of the reasons I was going to ask this is um, because when we went and had our lessons, they said we're not going to start you with trap. We're going to start you with ski. It's going to be easier. Do you find that as well? The fact that you always know where the target's going yeah. could could imply that it's easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me as a trap shooter and a lifelong trap shooter, I have trouble with skeet and the, uh, the greater leads. So you can imagine if you're shooting a target that's going away, yep. you're not leading in the same way as one that's crossing you. And so that's the only issue. And if I had proper coaching and knew about hold point and, um, and shooting point, point. then it'll be a little bit more successful. Um, Sporting clays is very popular as far as sports that are growing and sports that are declining in numbers. Sporting clays are very, very popular and uh, getting more so. And people describe that as um, kind of like golf with a gun. So you go go in the woods (laughs) uh, through different stations or, you know, like you would different holes in golf. And you have different target presentation at each of the stations that you go to. Uh, So there's something we shoot out here too called hunter's clays or sporting clays. They're similar. And essentially the target presentation um, reflects uh, hunting. So it would reflect the flight of a goose or reflect the flight of a grouse or along the ground, a rabbit target would hop. And so uh, it's, it's great practice for hunting, but it's also very enjoyable in that you're out in nature, in the woods, doing something you love. Um, it's become very competitive. Uh, the club where I'm at, Galt Sportsman Club, has mm-hmm. an internationally ranked sporting clays uh, course. Okay. And so the traps, uh, again, there may be one target. So you have... Um, Sometimes you have a target that comes out and then a second target, or sometimes you have a report pair where they both come at once. So yep. you have to determine which one is the best one to shoot based on, you know, how long you have this target in flight, right, to shoot it. Yeah. So why do you think 
sporting clays is growing where other sports are declining? Uh, I think that the sporting clays, the very fact that you're outside and walking, it appeals to people who want to get exercise. It's also, um, I would say, I'm not going to say more sociable, but there are opportunities to socialize more. You know, think about being on the golf course where, Mm -hmm. you know, you walk or you ride from hole to hole. It's the same with sporting clays where you talk uh, while you're going from uh, station to station and they're quite spread out you can imagine because you have yeah. people shooting in the woods and you have to have space around for target passage uh, and for not obviously shooting in the direction of other shooters so uh, there's quite an expanse of land that's required and mm-hmm. it really kind of exemplifies or amplifies sorry the the nature of walking in the woods and talking to someone and then enjoying the shooting and going to the next station so I think that's why it's popular okay Um, in sporting clays, there's different, you can use all three gauges, uh, and also there's a side-by-side class. So it really is one of those inclusive sports as far as shotgun sports. Okay. So you said Galt has like world-class. Is there, what are, because of the amount of property that you need for sporting clays or the other ones in Ontario or, or do you know, like? No, the, um, a sporting clays course to sort of have that international uh, appeal mm-hmm. uh, is based on the challenge that the targets present. Okay. So how hard they are to hit, how, you know, there's, there's base level of, of target presentation and uh, Galt was set up by, by a sporting clays champion and the targets are very, very difficult for a novice. Okay. But uh, again, you know, if you, if you go out with someone who's, um, shot the course before and the course changes you you change the trap presentation in order to change how you see the target okay so um they'll do that maybe once a month or something but if you go out with someone who knows and they can say well you've got you're going to shoot the target from trap a first and then b and this is where this is where it's going to go this is the kind of lead you're going to need on the target um it helps you know it helps you but if you went out on a internationally ranked course on your own you're going to be going. a lot of targets you don't hit <laughs> yeah and you're, and you're going to get kind of discouraged as well and right yeah. i don't really want to do yeah. this anymore okay. same yes. as if you I'm played mini same as if you played mini putt and went played augustus i guess yeah yeah, Augusta, exactly. rather. yeah. yeah it's absolutely yeah. true so but that's why it's popular i think because it um it's a nice time to walk in the woods and uh it includes all different kinds of shotgun there's a lot of variation and uh and it's sociable okay so how do you start how do you how do people get started in this what's the what do you need to get started what's the best way to get started uh honestly the best way is to uh contact someone in a in your local organization and ask if there's a new shooter day or if someone would be able to meet them at the club and i do that a lot with people uh in ontario within my driving range um because what happens is or email someone and ask but what happens is someone will go to uh even a local locally owned gun store but most often people who are trying to start they end up going to the big box stores they go to bass pro or cabela's and they get sold a gun that is not going to be the best thing for trap shooting Um, so what i've done uh, with people who want to give it a try is i bring a semi-automatic i bring you know a a single break action i bring an over and under uh, at a variety of 
price points and say, okay, well, let's try a few targets with this and then let them ask a bunch of questions, let them feel what it feels like. Um, the guns I have aren't going to fit everyone, you know, mm -hmm. but we can adjust things so that they will fit in general. When you have an adjustable comb, we can do that. But it just gives people an idea of the ease of use. Right. Um, so some people are going to go out with a, a field stock 12 gauge and wonder why it's not shooting with the right, um, with the right pattern and so on. So just to have that experience and then to build a relationship that someone can feel they can ask a question, right, right. and not feel embarrassed. Um, I have to say that just about uh, I don't know, a month ago now, I got my R-Pal. Yay! Didn't so exciting! Yay. 47 years of shooting, and uh, it just never hit the radar. And I felt like I wanted to be counted in those numbers right yeah. now in these like, increasingly odd political times. Uh, and I just wanted to do that. And it's interesting because of all of my years around guns, you know, there's lots you don't know. And you, ex you know, you feel like I should know this. I would, I don't want to feel dumb asking, but I need yeah. to know this because I don't know. And I think if you have someone who is knowledgeable in the sport and is open to any question, then that's where you need to go to get advice to get started. Yeah, perfect. It's kind of like um, when I got my first lesson in skeet, um, I brought out my 12 gauge, it didn't fit me correctly. And then uh, one of the first things that Matt said to me was we have to fit, we have to fit your gun to you. And I'm going, I do this every day. Why am I? Why didn't I? I felt like an yeah, idiot, basically. Exactly. Yeah. But he's knowledgeable, and yeah. so it's always a great idea to go and uh, find somebody who is knowledgeable and willing yeah. to take you out. That was kind of what I was going to say. How do you know which what gun is right for you? Yeah. It actually has yeah. to fit you. It has to feel comfortable, and you have yeah. to try things out. It's basically that. And they can be, you know, they can be expensive. Uh, you know, I've been looking at, at handguns and thinking, really, that's all? 500 bucks? <laughs> 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 because, um, because shotguns can be expensive. Now, you can yeah. get into a nice, a nice gun for under $1,000, um, and then you can upgrade. But what I think, you know, if you go out and buy a gun that you've never tried, and I don't mm -hmm. mean try a specific gun, but I mean even try a specific make of gun, you know, you've got Beretta, you've got Parazzi, you've got Kriegoff, you've got Browning, you've got all these different types of guns, and they do all have a different personality and a different um, kind of way of shooting, right? So if you go and grab, you know, a Beretta because you've heard of it and it's not the right personality for you, then you feel like you've spent $5,000 on something that you're really not happy with. And so if you can come out and try a variety of guns and just see, you know, they'll, they'll speak to you. <laughs> that makes That's sense. the same with, with any gun. And yeah. I find you go to the range and you're like, can I try your gun? And people are like, oh, no, 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 try mine. No, no, try yeah. mine. This exactly. one's awesome. Try this. Everybody's happy to talk about their guns and let you show off their toys. Right. You're absolutely right. And uh, so I, I, as I said, I run the uh, a Facebook group for the Ontario Provincial Trap Shooting Association. And whenever someone asks to join, the first thing I send them in the message is, welcome to the group. Please yeah. ask, you know, please feel free to ask me any questions. And if you have, uh, you know, if you need any help, I'm here. And so I attach, of course, my name to it. Yeah. And I usually get something back like, thank you so much. And that opens that dialogue to say, 
okay, someone who I can ask who yeah. uh, is going to answer me honestly and kindly. Um, you know, that's what you want. That's why we're welcoming sport, right? Right. And you represent that so well from Thank your you. um, articulate, your professional, you're a fantastic lady. You have a great smile and people are, you welcome people. Like that's actually what we need to bring other people into the sport. So yeah, I think, um, I think when we're talking, you know, politically and when we're voicing our, our concerns about levels of licensing regulation and increasing those, I actually think it's a benefit to be a woman to yep. raise those concerns. And I know it sounds terrible, but when I go to um, political events, of course, the conservative party leadership events, when we're all sitting there and the question, you know, the formal part is over and they're taking questions. I'm literally the first one with my hand up. And I think they look at me as, Oh, this nice lady, she's going to ask yeah. something about her pension <laughs> or something. <laughs> And I lead. I'm hard hitting. I want to know what you're going to do for firearm owners and what you're going to do to really tackle crime. And I want this rolled back further than it's been in the last round of elections. And so they don't see it coming. Nope, they don't. I take them off guard. And I think that's good. I think they're, they answer honestly because uh, I an- I ask sincerely the question. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, politically, I mean, if we get more women involved, more 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 of everybody involved, you know, this this stereotype is it's a bunch of angry white rednecks. And then, you know, when I go to my shooting events, we've got people from from every walk of life and gender and race and religion, and we all get along and we yeah. shoot guns, and it just it yeah. totally blows that stupid stereotype out of the water. So that's well, awesome. Good on you. Yeah, there is no stereotype right now. Everybody, but people still think of that. I went to an appeal meeting at uh, a university who had denied a shooting club. Perhaps I shouldn't mention the name, but well, I I was going to get into those ones. (laughs) But um, I, I really wanted to address that. That it's you know it comes from all different demographics, and I actually compiled um, a photo album, if you would. And from our recent 100th Provincial, I have this beautiful picture of a 14-year-old girl from farm country, southwestern Ontario, shooting beside an 82-year-old man who's the first, uh, first generation immigrant from Greece. Wow. And I said, there they are, like there's, you know, 70 years apart and they're shooting on the same field for the same trophy. They could win the top trophy. And I showed a picture of an 86-year-old woman from Windsor who I used to shoot with her son and her grandson. They're both in our record books. And she was 86 shooting uh, a competition round of 100 targets in July in St. Thomas last year at the Canadians with her 12-gauge shotgun that she shot for decades. 86. And you think about where most 86-year-olds are, right? And this woman is out there. right? Yep. And that's why it's... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, uh, go ahead, Kelly. I'll ask after you. Okay. So can one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was this whole appeals process. Why do you think that, um, that, why do you think that uh, what we're trying to do is get clubs, universities, colleges mm-hmm. to have these clubs? Why do you think it's almost, almost like an automatic no? Like, why do you think that is? Well, um, for big city institutions. So if you're talking about Toronto, Montreal, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, the email denials are often really um, disgusting in their response that um, why guns are on the earth and who uses guns and we're not, we're not willing to condone their use by our students and so on. Um, you know, I should remind this institution that I was a Canadian champion when I started studying there in 1978. So, um, you know, that's something that the university should be proud of, of, of athletes that are within uh, their student population. Yeah. Um, I think it's really, you know, it's really about uh, misinformation and a lack of education about the differences between who's using guns for criminal use and who is using them for recreation. And um, when I went to the appeals meeting at this particular university, uh, they wanted to know, firstly, that we were, you know, their students weren't going to sit in the cafeteria talking about their weekend at the range because it might sensitize people sitting at a table next to them. And they also wanted to ensure that guns weren't on campus, which, again, legally, if they're legally, they could. But that was one assurance, which was absolutely fine with the club organizers, of course. And uh, the third thing was, you know, where where were they going to be shooting? And so the the student who had put in the original application said, well, we we go up to a shooting range that's about an hour north of here. That's the closest range. Mm -hmm. And I said to the um, university administrator, I said, after the young man was finished, I said, actually, the nearest shooting range is about 500 meters across that field out the window we're looking at because there was one on the campus of the university. And oh, I yeah. said, the second closest range is about a kilometer down the road in the basement of Union Station, train station in Toronto. And most high schools in Toronto that are older than 50 years have rifles in, in their basements. Yeah. And, uh, and there, you know, there weren't issues with that. So my point was made. But um, perhaps you, it fell on deaf ears. Were you successful? In, or no. So the club exists, um, you know, a small group of people, but without the um, approval of the university, there can't be any club funds, which aren't of great value, maybe $500. But they're also not allowed to market their club mm-hmm. on campus. So they can't post, you know, hand notes on the pillars. They can't post on social media. Um, now the, the schools in Quebec who are, who have, um, shooting clubs that are sort of acting outside of, of the approval of the university. So they're shooting clubs, but they don't have the stamp of approval. Right. Um, basically, uh, they've gone through a variety of, of concessions where they say, well, what if we, you know, don't have any guns in our logo? What if we change our name to, um, target? sports clubs <laughs> so you know they're, they're dancing around this whole thing yeah. just becoming educated and um you know the the biggest thing about the canadian university shooting federation is to educate first to provide yeah. enjoyment and fun um and also you know to encourage the students if they're going to come into the club and remain a, a member of the shooting club going forward we're absolutely encouraging them to get their pals and there are pals to, to be licensed and to, you know, to prove, you know, to whoever wants to ask that they are responsible citizens and responsible enough to be licensed to own a firearm. So. Right. That's exactly. 
Okay. So where can people actually go and try out these sports? Um, can they just go, like if they're interested, so if we have people who are part of universities, where can they go to try out these sports? Or if they're interested in trying out trap, where can they go and try these? Or should they contact you? Or They can. All right. <laughs> yeah, they can for sure. Um, it depends on where you live. Uh, in Ontario, we have 62 clubs in the province, maybe more now, that have at least one trap. And usually when you have a trap, you have skied as well. And oftentimes you have sporting clays. Uh, the problem is, of course, that uh, the clubs have a certain number that they can allow in their membership. So mm -hmm. many clubs have capped memberships. Okay. So that can be a challenge. So when people contact an organization, every every province in, in the country has a, a trap shooting organization. Uh, we're often really closely related to the skeet organizations. We can, uh, you know, cross uh, reference. But that's a great place to start because they'll be able to say, here's a great club. Here's a club that's taking membership. Uh, I know Dave at the club. I'll, you know, I'll give you his email and, uh, you know, arrange to go and meet Dave at the club. And uh, it does help um, because of, you know, the added security that many clubs believe we need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes the first thing you see at a gun club is private club, no visitors allowed. Yeah danger warning, you know, all of these things that if you don't know are intimidating. And yeah. so that's why it seems to me to be really important to have someone meet you there and say, no, no, come in the gate. Yeah, I'll meet you there. I, you know, I drive the blue Honda. We're good. And then introduce them around to other people at the club so that now they know other people and to really give them that warm welcome. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's the most important part. And unfortunately, you know, the practicalities that require us to have, you know, the danger signs and the no visitor signs yep. sometimes present a different image um, to the at the road front than what we really offer inside. Yeah. Um, when you get them across um, that barrier and uh, you're there for, for them, um, what are some of you think, what are some of the things that are the most difficult for people to actually learn first off? And then what keeps them from coming back, do you think? Um, I think the the first thing is that there are people who get a PAL or an RPAL and they've actually never had a practical firearms experience, yeah. which is really odd. Um, odd and and disappointing because you really should have that. I mean, you have the practical where you, you know, you have a, a disengaged gun and you're, you know, taught those safety things, but actually right. firing one at a target, that experience you don't have. So you know, when I'm at my club and I see people who are clearly new, you know, I don't go, oh God, those, those new people. I talk to them after they're finished shooting, shake their hand. I give them a business card for the organization so that they can be in touch through communication. Yeah. And I say, hey, I noticed that, you know. Um, oh, and then usually they're very happy to have a little bit of advice, yeah. right? To say, oh, well, you know, when you're standing on this station, it's really helpful if and and then they start to be successful at hitting more targets, right? Yeah. And then they want more. And you yeah. can see the light go on like, oh, I get it, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I see a lot of uh, rifle shooters who come out and they're looking at the bead. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> just... Saying, no, no, no. <laughs> in, you know, in trap and clay target, 
sports, we point, we don't aim. And so people are looking at the bead at the barrel and missing the target out there, uh, you know, by a mile. And they don't oh. understand that. And all you have to say to them is, no, no, you just you look at the bead to make sure they're lined up if you must. Yeah. And then look out there into the grass, or into the street. <laughs> and that little bit of advice allows them to be more successful at hitting targets. And then suddenly the light goes on and they, you know, yeah. they feel happier, right? Yeah, it's so counterintuitive for people who are pistol shooters or for rifle okay. shooters to actually not look at the bead, to yeah. actually look at, you know, the leads. It's just yeah. like, once you actually do that, you're going to hit more, though. And what stops people from coming back? You know, I don't know. Um, sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's money. And sometimes it could be a bad experience. And so, you mm -hmm. know, we're we are trying as much as possible to make sure that our clubs are as welcoming as possible, that we encourage them to host new shooter events so that you're not going to have a new shooter who's fumbling around uh, on the line with someone who's practicing for some competition, you know, so you can take those people and say, let's get you, let's get you going. Let's get you sh hitting some targets. So, you know, that's what our clubs are encouraged to do. And, um, you know, most clubs, if you email or get on their Facebook page and say, hey, I'm a new shooter, you know, when do you have uh, open club hours? You know, they're always available, right? It just yep. is a matter of, uh, of finding the club closest and, uh, and reaching out to someone. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dave, what were you going to say? I was going to ask exactly what you asked. So well oh, done. You read my mind or I read your mind. I don't know. But <laughs> One of the two. One of the two. What about you, Maybe Adriel? <laughs> yeah, we're sharing a brain. Adriel, do you have any questions for Emily? No, just uh, how do people, uh, what do you want to plug uh, now, that yep. it's, now that we're at the oh, end here? Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Well, mostly I would love to see some juniors and women come out. I want to see yeah. families shooting. Um, you know, if if women love it, and I have to say there are, uh, you know, there's some women who feel like, oh, geez, that 12 gauge shotgun, that's going to kick. There's, yeah. people, it's huge. What do I do with it? And honestly, I mean, I was shooting at 12 and we have, you know, young, young fellas and young girls, the gun that fits is the gun that you're going to shoot well with. And there are so many new technologies now than when I started where you have recoil reducers, you have synergy guns uh fausty guns that are designed for a smaller frame or for those are beautiful women. oh my gosh <laughs> yeah they're beautiful and uh, also you know make a gun fit right yeah. you can you can um decrease your length of pull if you need something shorter you can as we talked about before you can get a lighter load shell that's perfectly ex effective the same uh speed as any uh, higher uh, higher uh, powder shell so it's not like you're going to be less successful with a lighter load right it's no. it's all about where that pattern goes so right. um so yeah that's what i want to see i want to see more people coming out that are you know maybe cautious about trying uh you know the big 12 gauge shotguns Okay. I must say when I take people out with shotguns and I give them like a, a, a like a target load, um, I have had a few um, not so nice friends who've brought their friends out and they think it's hilarious to hook up, you know, like the 90 pound woman with a three and a half inch slug and then mm -hmm. have a good laugh mm -hmm. over it. So yeah. very unsafe I think that's and why very discouraging. Get, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why people get nervous about that because people see a lot of that stuff on the internet. So if you're ever thinking of doing that to somebody, please Mm -hmm. don't. You're a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, I see. uh, I have seen a number of images uh, put up where, you know, like new women are shooting and then, you know, people are coaching them, but they're holding their shoulder as if, oh my goodness, you know, this is going to hurt. Well, that image, you know, it speaks a thousand words. It looks like it's going to hurt. And so that's what people remember. Really, uh, it's just like uh, basketball where you have a proper stance, right? Where you don't have your feet together. You have your feet shoulder length apart, you know, where you've got stability and you lean into the gun so that, you know, the recoil absorb goes straight into the shoulder and back. You know, all of that is about proper holding of a gun and um, and proper stance. And right. I, when I teach someone who's absolutely, you know, green at it, I, I give them before they hold a gun. You know, I say, how would you how would you rather experience this? Would you rather be hit or pushed? Um, because people sometimes are resistant about holding a shotgun tight to their face and tight to their shoulder. And I say you have to move as a unit, like you're a turret on top of a tank. And you have to hold it snugly enough that you are pushed. If the gun is away from your face, first, you're yep. going to miss the target. But secondly, it's going to come back and hit you. It's going to hit your cheek. It could hit your shoulder. Sometimes it hits your jawline, right? So you want to hold it so that you're pushed and not hit by the gun. Okay. Lots of things. Uh, so... Um at uh, USC, the Ladies' Day events that we have there, they usually put me on the shotguns for some reason, anyways. <laughs> um, but teaching them proper stance and giving them a little information prior to, it mm-hmm. makes a world of difference to them as well. And then when they actually do shoot it, they're saying, oh, wow, that's actually not bad at all. And it's because they have proper technique, proper stance, proper everything. And, yeah. and they actually are happy about it and encouraged to actually shoot it again as well. So it can be the different basically the difference between whether they want to come back or not. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and that level of comfort. And what I notice with absolutely new shooters is really that first pull of the trigger, they just want to feel what it feels like. And sometimes they just mount the gun and pull the trigger and then go, okay, okay, that's, that's it. That's okay. I can deal this. Right. Yeah. So um, it's that first pull of the trigger is really the deciding, you know, deciding point. They just want to get it over with and then be assured that it's not going to hurt and it's going to yeah. be a fun time. And, and the first time they break their, you know, their target, like, wow, you know, yeah. it's, they're excited, the look on their face, like there's nothing. It. <laughs> yeah. It's priceless. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> All right. So again, why don't you uh, give us some information on how to contact you again, whether it's best through Facebook, email or, or however. So if people are interested in contacting you, cause you've got a lot of information. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So there's uh, my personal Facebook. It's Emily Sanford Brown. So that's possible. Also the uh, Facebook group, it's Ontario trap, OPTA Ontario trap Facebook group. Uh, I post there all kinds of events, uh, everything, you know, uh, league shoots, fun shoots, uh, full-on competitions, and also the Canadian Trap Shooting Association. I run that Facebook page, and that's for sort of national events and national news. Uh, Any one of those uh, ways, you can reach me also at um, www.ontariotrap.com. That's the website, and there's email address there that uh, will also reach me. So anytime, I love to hear from people. All right. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. This is fantastic. And I can't wait to see you soon, hopefully. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Okay. Bye, all.
Thanks, Owen. Now I want to go shoot my shotgun. I know, eh? <laughs> well, you could have two meters between you and the person that's throwing your clays, or you could get one of them clay throwers and just be by yourself. So just kind of that's the argument, right? I know. I went out with uh, Phil O'Dell. That was the last shooting day I went. I, intro- well, I didn't introduce him to trap shooting, but I took him out and we had a couple of rounds of, of trap. And then that was the Sunday. And then Monday, school no was more. canceled. Work was canceled. That's yeah. It. Yeah. So yeah. Our, our spring, summer semester at university is going to be online until September at the earliest. So Okay. Uh, I love that schools are doing online courses. It makes, I just, I can't, I can't help but think about all the Ontario teacher protests. And I'm like, oh, this is just delicious. High school teachers are resisting. And now they're getting a lot of pushback from parents going, listen, teach my kids, man. Oh, it's delicious. And it sustains me. Their tears sustain me. Yep. They sure signed their contracts fast, didn't they? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, but right now everybody just wants wants their job, basically. Yeah, basically. Dave, where are you sitting? I am located in my basement in Wasega Beach, Ontario. <gasps> Wasega Beach, that's I awesome. Know, right? How about you, Adriel? I'm in Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, and or Knob Alberta. Creek. Yeah, and, oh, okay. And uh, Trevor, he is from um, Campbellton. Campbellton. Campbell, Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton, Brunswick. Brunswick. So we're, oh. right, ac- we're right, right across the country. Yeah. Home of the world's greatest, uh, greatest dips at Grange. Yes. Yeah. Or pizza. Or oh, and just across the river. They're just across the river. There's a bridge there, and you go across the bridge, and there's a poutine mm. place right on the other side. And oh my God. It's good. <laughs> Road <laughs> they trip. Come to Campbellton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they do takeout and delivery. Come on out to the uh, come on out to the cherry shoot. Yeah, why don't we? Uh, so I'm going to. Um, we're still live, so we're going to get oh. started with the rest of the show. But okay. I'm going to send you a message. Maybe we can look at hooking up um, sometime soon-ish. Like, but we have to get out the all clear, and the ranges have to be open. And so why don't we? Why don't we plan something? Well, we dear, can, thank we you. can plan a ladies' day again here uh, later in the year. Actually, if maybe we can look at doing the gunny girl calendar then to be fabulous all right thanks so much guys great being on the show bye emily thank you so much take care all right thanks again emily for coming on the show um really great information and if anybody's interested in trying out trap or talking to her about trying to get a club into your local university or college send her a message she'll be happy to talk with you so all right Let's cool. get into lis- listener feedback. Anybody? Um, yeah, actually, there's been attention? a couple of comments on Facebook there. Uh, let me just pull some of them up. Uh, oh, that's interesting. I can't. can't. I can't. Some uh, no. Luke was asking if I'm streaming my games. Not yet, because I suck, uh, but I might. And then people <laughs> can just watch me uh, flounder around and get smoked. That's cool. Uh, no, that's always that. hilarious. I don't think yeah. that you're the, as bad as you say. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say I'm good, but I'm getting better. I'm getting better now. I, I had like, I had one match last night where like, I rolled a bunch of people. I was like, yeah. But then I also had matches where I, I went in and like after five minutes, I got, I get domed from somewhere. I don't even know. Someone just smokes me in the head from somewhere and he can't. Probably a 12 year old in Alabama. Russia. Russia. 
12 year old in Russia. Yeah. yeah. Just don't. Yeah. When you do have that one game that you just, you cannot be touched for no apparent reason, then you get that godlike feeling where you're just mowing people down effortlessly. That's a great feeling. (laughs) Isn't that? That's awesome. Oh my goodness. Love that. Oh, the game's really realistic. You got like, yeah, you can mod guns and whatever. Yeah. Maybe I'll live stream some stuff because what else am I doing? Yeah. You're doing these shows every Uh night. All I, well, I mean, I play video games afterwards. All I need to do is be like, stream to hunting gear guy and this is not yeah. hunting gear guy but watch me suck at this video game that'll be yeah. fun <laughs> by the way your wife is a saint i must say <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right let's do let's she, she has she has her automatic uh her automatic uh furnace vent thing now so she just she oh just, yeah that know, thing is working like so good <laughs> that thing is so good that automatic furnace thing that i made it's 21.4 in here right now usually you should you should post the specs for that and people can I copy it. I made a video. Oh, you heard it on YouTube. Well, than, how to make good. your own. Mm-hmm. Is which on Hunting Gear? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, go to the Hunting Gear guy. Um, it, it's YouTube very, it and, does not fit the rest of the video. The rest of the videos are all like gun reviews. And it's like, let's do some nerd stuff and like make this automatic vent thing. <laughs> but it works and it's fantastic. And Adriel's so happy, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're warmer. Do you like it warmer or hot? Never mind. Never just mind. consistent. Just, just yeah. consistent. Like it. Like All I right. had. I had a six degree swing before. Now mm-hmm. it stays within about three degrees, which is as good as it's going to get for a room yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's get into listener feedback. Oh, there was some more uh, questions. Okay. One, one guy was asking if you are doing. Sorry, I can't see all the comments. I can only see the latest four, so that's why I, I can't get to them. But uh, one person was asking if uh, you have reloaded any twenty-eight gauge yet. No, because I'm saying that I need to actually get a die for the... I, I just opened it, literally, today. Um, so, no, I need to get the die first, and then I need to obviously get the uh, components. So, um, so if anybody has a die, or they know where I can get a die for the Mech Junior for 28-gauge, let me know. Send me a message, and uh, I'll get it. So, or I'm going to do some more research as well. Go look online. Just get the die and just start cranking on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whoa, that looks like a lot of pellets in there, but whatever. It'll fit as soon as I (laughs) ram it in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that we're going to have to do some Tesla. Pretty sure you just just top her off with powder, shake a little off the top, put some shot on, and then crimp it, and you're good. Yeah. If, If you can't fit all the shot in, just take the wad out. Just okay. powder and then put the pellets Perfect. right on top. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Load some dimes in there too. Oh, wait, that won't work. <laughs> you have to get some very small dimes, some washers or something. I don't know. 28 uh, gauge, yeah. You shoot some yeah. washers. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what else can I put in there? No, just kidding. All right. Fork spoons. <laughs> Fork spoons. Um, no. Uh, okay. So listener feedback, let's get on to that. So uh, Armory, listener feedback sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Fantastic, by the way, order from him. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and circuit finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online online inventory of new and used guns, uh, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at uh, dcgunsmith.ca. And he's got AR-10 mags. In the yes, 10 he does. Tents. And very few some, people have those. By the way, he's got some 
really good sales on right now. You really got to check them out. And he'll ship them out too. Like, as I said, he shipped out from Camelton, New Brunswick, which is the middle of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. On the Friday morning. And I received it, the rifle, on Tuesday morning. Like, seriously. By the way, the, um, the uh, Canada Post. Mm-hmm. Ding dong doorbell. I didn't hear it because I was in the shower. I come downstairs. I'm feeding the dogs. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. And then I see, look at my phone. It says somebody rang your doorbell. Two hours ago, I go out. There's a rifle on my porch. Say la vie. A couple deliveries from UPS and they didn't, uh, they said signature required. Yeah, they didn't stop for signature. Yeah. They just dropped them on the door and ran. No, nope. no. Nope. <laughs> I'm going, oh, crap. I'm so happy. Does that that mean you can skip the signature when you actually mail it out? Because they're not even going to ask for it. They're supposed to. Uh, Nope. They're not not doing it right now. No, I know. They're doing like dashing, right? So if you're going to send a rifle to someone, could you just do regular parcel? I wouldn't. You're not not doing your part, but they're also not doing their part. No, but if something happens and it disappears, you're not going to be... Well, you know, you're there. It's bad if it disappears, right? Yeah. So, at least how many, how many guns do the cops lose every year? Come on, it's not such a big deal. <laughs> I had uh, many, many years ago, I had an AR 15 arrive at my house, but it arrived early and nobody was home for the weekend. So, it sat there from Friday morning until Monday morning, just sitting on the front of the porch on a corner of property, oh leaning, leaning against the post. Nobody took it. I was shocked. <laughs> Uh, and they're, the boxes are generally shaped as their gun box, right? People, yeah. people don't yeah. know what they are. You no. do not know what a gun box is when you're looking at a gun box unless you're a gun mm. person. I didn't say Amazon, so maybe that's why it didn't get stolen. But I was shocked that it sat there for that long. I guess honest neighbors. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised your neighbors didn't take it in and then give it to you. Yeah. No, it just, it just sat there. Okay. Mm. All right. So, why don't you take this one, Adriel, from Dwayne? Because it's really long and you're a fantastic reader. <laughs> I, like, I like that my skills on this show are you read real good. <laughs> I can read. Uh, okay. <laughs> hello, guys. Gender neutral term. Gender neutral. Thank I think you. It's a, I think it's a gender neutral term as well. I use it as such. Yeah, it is these days. Yeah. I am not sure if you're looking for content during your isolation period. Oh, we are. No, go yes. away. <laughs> but I've been listening yeah. to you for a few years now and I've come to respect and value your opinions on Aww. guns, especially because of your Canadian perspective. As a result, I would appreciate your thoughts on the best approach would be in dealing with a surplus Browning high power I purchased a few months ago. I'd always wanted one, but I had a hard time justifying the cost of a new one. I was a little leery about taking a chance on a surplus one as it's hard to say what the condition will be in but they were recently on sale at FOC, and I decided it was worth the risk. The gun I got is in pretty good shape. It was a tiny bit of rust on the frame, slide yeah. and barrel, but I was able to remove most of it with some simple soak and polish with an SOS pad. The bore looked good and was pretty clean as well. But as you can see, the finish is pretty marked up, and I'd like to ask you uh, what you would do to refurbish the pistol. I've considered uh, re-bluing it or Cerakoting in a color that duplicates the original high-power bluing, which you guys had discussed with regard with uh, some other firearms a few episodes back. I'm leading towards the Cerakote route, but I'm open to some suggestions. Or am I throwing money away by even doing something like this? Here are my questions. Which route of refinishing would you suggest or recommend? Do you have any gunsmiths in Ontario you'd recommend? How do I go about getting the gun to someone reputable to do the work? 
especially in this complicated time we're going through. Do I need to get an ATT to send away, or is the one attached to my RPAL sufficient enough to send it? Okay. Uh, any any thought and advice would be appreciated. Apologies if some of the questions seem a little bit elementary, but I'm fairly new to the scene, so I'm still learning the ropes. Thanks for your time and keep up the good work. We appreciate your efforts in getting the podcast out and advocating for our sport. Take care of yourself. So uh, back to his first question. Which route of refinishing would you suggest or recommend? Well, Trevor's not on, but... Well, uh, so imagine this was your gun. Uh, yep. Which route of refinishing would you suggest or recommend? If he wants to refinish it, if he's he wants to refinish it, obviously, he doesn't want to keep it as is, right? Well, this is what he's saying. There, there's, there's still yep. some other questions we could ask. We could ask, uh, how much do you want to spend? How yeah. badly do you want it to look the original? How original do you want it to look? Because right. some of them might be cheap and quick. Uh, some of them are going to cost a bit more. I feel like um, buffing the rust out and uh, re-bluing would be a, a yeah. more costly yeah. uh, thing to do than just Cerakote. But it would right. be a more original look, and it would probably wear a bit better in, in some things, right? Right. So Browning High Powers, Canadian military, FOC had a bunch of them. So did um, SFRC, but they're all in pretty, really pretty good shape. Like, so um, I don't know. Keep it. I I would recommend keeping the original, but Cerakoting, if he wants to use it and he's going to use it, abuse it, then Cerakote it. I'd I'd say too, what are you going to spend on it? And what's the gun worth? And then what's the gun worth to you? I mean, you don't want to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on it that puts your price up to, you know, near a new gun. So it depends on what you paid for it and what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, um, if it's just going to be a showpiece, then uh, Cerakote would be fine because it doesn't matter. Uh, yep. If it if it's going to be a uh, a showpiece that you want as original as possible, then rebluing. Um, or just shoot it. Like my, I, I've uh, I've tended to buy more used guns recently because mm-hmm. I, uh, unless I have to review it. But if I want to like personally own a gun, I would rather just buy used because a lot of the time you save a fortune buying used, and there's nothing wrong with them. Like guns yeah. are made like a pistol will go like hundreds of thousands of rounds. So like, what is the most? What do most people shoot their pistols for? Five hundred rounds, maybe two thousand yep. rounds. Barely even breaking them in. So I think that you like buying used and using used guns is fine. And I think if they're a little bit scratched up or if they're a little bit rustier or whatever, then I don't have to well, worry if I scratch it. If I if I refinished that pistol for myself and then I scratched it putting that putting it down on a table or something like that, I would be upset with myself because I would be like, man, that was a three hundred dollar refinishing job I had to put into mm-hmm. that thing. Right. And yeah. yeah, this is a surplus like Let's be real, too, right? I have a 1911 I was going to refurbish and because it's all scuffed up and beat up and it's got holster wear on it. And then I was thinking, well, who cares exactly? I'm going to throw it in a barrel or leave it sitting on a rock or something, and I'm going to scratch the crap out of it anyway. So whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if he doesn't want to refurbish. I always refin- ask Denis, though. Yeah, Denis on watching. Yep. Hi, Denis. Yeah. What's your recommendation, Denis? <laughs> Hey, we'll wait. Today, yeah, I know. It's a one-minute so delay on our video. And, uh, so he says, Gunsmiths in Ontario that you recommend. Um, like, I, Casey I have at a Tacord. Sorry? Casey, Casey at Tacord. Tacord. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. I've heard. A few people yep. have dealt with him. 
And SFRC has Dave, who actually is a certified gunsmith and does the refinishing as well. Um, but we would recommend highly, like, for example, sending it off to Denis because, you know what, he's sponsoring this part of the show. But not only that, he does a fantastic job with rebluing or he does a fantastic job with Cerakoting. And I'm just and looking at the well. pictures he's got here. It looks like yeah. there's I'm, – I'm not sure if it's rust or if it's scratches in the finish – I wonder if this thing wasn't refinished at one point poorly, and that's what we're seeing the scratches in. There's well, around he, like the he buffed it with a little bit of SOS, but that's like it looks like it scrapes out of the. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Mm. I would I would ask a, a gunsmith about this. He's got good pictures. I would just send that to a gunsmith. Be like, yo, how much to how much to blue this? How much to uh, cerakote it? Denis does both of those. You don't yeah, have to do it in province. Guy. Like in terms of, uh, you will, okay, so on to uh, question three there. He's saying, do I need an ATT to send it away? You need an ATT to get it to the mail, uh, the post office. Yep. Um, after that, you're covered. So you just need to be able to get to the post office. And then, uh, am I right in saying that? Yep. You are yep. correct. Yes. Because you can take a restricted to a gunsmith. But, gunsmith. Uh, um, it's attached. You won't have, you, you will need an ATT to the post office. You won't need one for him to mail it back to you. So easy peasy. Just need an yep. ATT there. Uh, trying to think of or stupider laws. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of transfer or anything like that. I don't think any of that stuff's required because it's no. not actually transferring it. No, he's just going to the gunsmith and having short-term it ATT on. to uh, yep. Canada Post, and away you go. Bob's your uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. And since so, you're mailing it anyways, you might as well just mail it to someone Denis. that's going to do it cheap and good. Yep. Yep. Denise an awesome guy. Yeah. Give him some business. All right. Ginger Snap, you're up there, Dave. Can you read this? Is From that a, James is that a hypothetical AKA question or Ginger like a... <laughs> a little bit of calm A, a little bit of calm B. Uh, <laughs> do you have it open? March 24th, midweek podcast was a real dude. Of course I do. I'm always prepared. Excellent. I was working with Sure Air for earphones in, listening to my 17th favorite podcast, Slamfire Radio. 17 Firearms podcasting? <laughs> okay. And oh boy, at the end of the podcast, I was ready for the world to end. My panic set up, my blood pressure was up. Blood pressure up, check. Head running millions, mile, millions, million miles an hour, check. Looking around and seeing normal looking people being sketchy like meth heads in a downtown Miramichi, check. I was not prepared as well as I should be. Time to make a list of the three G's, groceries, gear, and guns. I was concerned about Trevor's well-being, and I had no time to Trevor to contact Trevor and ask how he's doing. Figured the RCMP would check on him soon enough, and I would hear about it on the Slamfire News section. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually uh, reaching out to him, though, and asking how he was. Like, seriously. Uh, uh, fast forward a week. Off the rocker, right. on edibles, cursing and swearing on the podcast because he doesn't own a bike. LMO, Frosty, good, great job on the editing and the go button moment. Trevor, like all of New Brunswick residents, doesn't need a bike. They need a car to get groceries and everything 15 minutes with no traffic. I'm down to seven with all the unnecessary people staying home. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> Wish people would stay home more often. I hear you there. When you arrive from out of province, the sign should be welcome to New Brunswick where driving is a right, not a privilege. I'm glad you're okay. Trevor, or are you? Da-da-da. Da, da, da. Uh, he's not <laughs> on tonight. I don't know. Da, 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 Trevor's da. listening. <laughs> yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. He's right. listening. He's our favorite listener. Love that Trevor guy. Very engaged. 
Um, kind of weird though, eh? Because when you're in bigger cities, no, yeah, he's kind of weird too. But when you're in bigger cities like Edmonton, even like Kingston, we're all saying, okay, just get on a. You don't need a car. You can use public transportation. Get on a bike, whatever. Trevor's going. No, I need a car. Yeah, hobos use public transportation. Plus, during our current crisis, public transportation is a horrible idea. Yeah, oh, I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. yeah, they may be running, but it's still a horrible idea. What do you put like a forty-foot bus? You've got like three people on it. Yeah, <laughs> one at the front. No, exactly. one about a third of the way down behind, like because there's the driver. You got a third of the way down, middle, and then the end. Yeah, but one three. person standing at each door. Yes. So we have the express buses. <laughs> I've been I drove by yesterday and I saw one person standing at the express. I'm going, oh, okay. <laughs> Not a lot of people are taking public transportation right now. Everybody's saying well, normally yeah. don't blame yeah. them at all, and I especially don't blame them now. No. All right. That is it for um that's it for our emails. If you would like to send an email to Slamfire Radio, send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. We'll talk about your emails and probably not give you an answer because sometimes we just don't know. All right. Um, podcast reviews. Don't have any of those. Patreon supporters. No new ones. So if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, uh, go on over to patreon.com and go and search out Slamfire Radio. We'd love to have you come on board. Uh, support us so that we can actually put out this content. We've been putting out a lot of it lately, so mm-hmm. we, need, we need to feed the hamsters. Getting dollars worth. You betcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, some of the other things that you can do is also you can show your love by going over to our website. And if you click on the link for Cabela's, if you're going to purchase stuff from Cabela's anyways, like those, that ammo and, you know, a new rifle because it's the end of the world, just go on over and visit our website, click on the Cabela's link, and then they'll actually send us some money as well. That's awesome. They have a order in store right now. So you like go on uh, online, you order all your stuff and you say pick up in store and then you can Which is free by the way. Yeah. And then you you just drive up and just get it. And yeah. you don't have to go inside. Nope. Which it's I kind of awesome. like going inside, but uh, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Who's that talking I like to having a water in there. Working at Cabela's, they said it's kind of like, it's weird lately. Cabela's are super busy. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's that time of the show. Time to say goodbye to everybody. Good night. Goodbye, everyone. No. No. Ah, What's that go. song that they That's sing? That's what I've been thinking. <laughs> I can afford one if I did just a little less drinking. Oh, yeah. Put some no, Dave, stop. Okay, I need to just sign off, then you can sing. How's that? Okay. Oh, man, that's creepy. That is so <laughs> creepy. <laughs> See, if you become a Patreone and give us some money, I won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. So join one of our National Firearms Associations. I actually just segued into the closing. So um, such as the CCFR. We'll actually just join the CCFR, especially right now. Yes. They need to get some memberships going. Uh, also check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We have a thread there. Jin Jin really a post on there. And uh, we've been getting some actually comments on there. So fantastic. Thank you for chatting us up on there also um, give us a like over on facebook as well uh 2382 is our current amount that was updated today and apparently we're bigger than some orphanages in some countries someplace i don't know anywhere yes. hopefully we get that. their funding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, channeling Trevor there for a second. Yeah. So we need to pick a bigger goal. Bigger goal. Let's think about it for next week. Let's see what we can actually, maybe an orphanage here in like a non-third world country. How about that? We'll take down the classy <laughs> orphanages. All right. <laughs> okay. Anyways, have a really good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. And as I said, we uh, if you want to give us some show topics or anything that you'd like to talk about or hear about on our mini episodes, let us know. Now, Dave, you can start singing. Oh, I got close the lyrics. What the hell? Put me on that. Okay. Uh, you haven't memorized them? Damn it. No, not really. Okay. It, uh, so I, I can't sing it. Let's do it on the next show then. So we'll why don't we just one. say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Time to get again. <laughs> So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.